In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Did you hear that perplexing and horrifying story from the Old Testament about the offering of Isaac? It's very troubling. It's, of course, troubling for modern people. Uh, But we do have to remember that if you go back in that time in history, numerous cultures were known to participate in human sacrifice and child sacrifice. Just Google it. You'll find that in this hemisphere and in the hemisphere of the Holy Land that that was something that took place, as crazy as that is for us to get our heads around. Uh, And people nowadays want some sort of justification about how God could do that. Uh, I'm not able to give that to you. Uh, You'll have to take that up with the Lord uh, or just not believe it. It's up to you. But uh, what happened, though, after this event, it cemented a couple of things within Israel. Israel, uh, because of this act of Abraham and what took place, Israel uh, eventually forbade uh, any human or child sacrifice within their nation. And also, uh, the people of Israel, their descendants have included prayers about this event, the binding of Isaac, in their daily prayers and find some sort of merit uh, in the faithfulness of Abraham to God. So it's had a long-lasting effect uh, in Jewish tradition, and of course, I'm about to expose some of the Christian tradition based on uh, this story and on Abraham's faithfulness. But before this tenth test, it says God tested Abraham. This is the tenth test in his life. He passed it with flying colors, but we really have to understand that Abraham has been faithfully listening and obeying God for years and years and years. Abraham also, with Sarah uh, and with her handmaiden, somehow was given by God the ability to have a child at 99 years of age. So uh, you can see that if that were to occur in your own life, you would have quite a bit of trust and faithfulness to God because you would know in your own experience that God can do amazing things, that God is powerful and can be trusted. So we have a whole lifetime of trust and experience between God and Abraham. Abraham knew the voice of the Lord. And when God asked him to take his son, the one that he loves, the one in whom the promise that God made to him that through his descendants there would be a nation and a group of people and they would be a blessing to the entire world, but he was called to take that one and to sacrifice him. And in the story, there is not even a wink of wonder or resistance. 
Abraham gets right to it because he had faith and trust in God. In fact, at the uh, end of the three-day journey that it took to get from Beersheba up to the land of Moriah, uh, Isaac asked his dad, well, where is the, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says this, God will provide. Or another way to translate that is, God will see to it. And so, as they go on to perform this sacrifice, of course, the angel of the Lord stops uh, the hand of Abraham. God knew this was going to happen before God commanded it, if you want to believe that this is an actual uh, event. But... Uh, and so then, over in the thicket, a ram is caught. His horns are caught in the thicket, and the God provides, and the lamb is used for the sacrifice. One point I want to make, and it's this, that offering and worship have always gone together. Uh, the offering to God of animals, of ourselves, in fact, the offering of the bread and the wine that represents really the whole world and ourselves, there's always an offering for worship. And when, where there is no offering, there is no worship because the two are absolutely tied together. But I digress. The Lord provided for this sacrifice, and just to show the Christian tradition and the connection with it, uh, you would be amazed to know that this land of Moriah, this Mount Moriah, is the same thing as the Temple Mount, the same place that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. It's the same place. Now, isn't that an amazing, amazing coincidence that this place where God called Abraham to offer his dearest, his son is also the place that Jesus provided, because the Lord will provide, that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice to provide a new covenant that we could enter into, and a covenant that is full of grace and forgiveness, because it's based on the faithfulness and the obedience of Jesus because the Lord provides. Now, isn't all of that connection just amazing? Uh, I just couldn't pass by those connections before we move on, because we do need to move on to how this would apply to us. The application is, is that God is asking us to offer ourselves to him on a daily basis. We hear this in the words of Paul, <clears throat> because Paul in Romans chapter 6 has been telling us that we are to, by faith, understand that our baptismal identity is more real than any other identity that we might have in the world. In other words, he's been saying that when we were baptized, we actually died with Christ and we've been risen with him. We receive a new identity as a child of God, we get placed into union with Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, and we become children of God. 
Something old has died and something new has been born in us and our souls are connected with Christ forever. But we still have these bodies that we have to deal with. And so Paul says, don't let sin continue to have its way and its reign in your bodies because that doesn't correspond with what's happened in your soul. Because you've died to sin, so how can you still live in it? And the, uh, the choice that we have to make every single day is, are we going to go and live out of our baptismal identity as children of God, moving towards sanctification, and the end of that is, in fact, eternal life, or will we betray what we've been given as a gift in baptism and move away? And if we keep moving that direction, Paul says that it actually ends in death. So we don't want to move in that direction, but we have this choice every single day of offering ourselves. And Paul would end this whole section by saying that by the mercies of God, I beg you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. So that's where all of this ends. We are to offer to God our very selves, our very selves. Now, there's two ways that we do that. One way, we offer to God ourselves because we want God to bless us and give us life and communion. That's what happens in the Holy Eucharist. We offer up the bread and the wine to God. God blesses it and gives it back to us as a means of life and communion in this new covenant. So we want to offer to God our lives. We want to offer to God our work, our children, all the things that we're doing because we want God to bless us and to bless all of those people and things and to give those back to us as a means of life and communion with God. That's one thing. But there's another way that we have to offer up to God a portion of our lives. And this is a different type of thing. This is something that Carol Kent decided to call when I lay my Isaac down. When I lay my Isaac down. Carol Kent is a Christian author, someone who is a speaker, uh, popular in certain circles, and she and her husband, Gene, just had one son. Uh, her son grew up to be a model kid. Even in high school, he was a great model kid. Now, that's, that's sort of strange to begin with right now, but, uh, oh, come on, people, it's a little joke. <laughs> Anyway, I have high schoolers, I know. But anyway, uh, their son Jason was a model kid in high school, then went to Annapolis, went to the Naval Academy, served his country, came out, got a job, married a young woman who uh, had just gotten a divorce. She had two kids, married her, took on these kids, and everything seemed to be going right. And then Carol got a call on the telephone. And after that call, she got out of bed, but she crumbled because her legs wouldn't even work. She was in such shock with what she heard, she fell to the floor 
trying to get out of bed. The news that they got in the phone call was that their model son was in jail because numerous people witnessed him shooting his wife's ex-husband and killing him. Well, of course, their whole world crumbled. Her whole identity as a mom, as a Christian, as a, a Christian speaker and authority, all of this started come, coming tumbling down and she came to the end of herself. She came to the end of her identity and the only thing that she could connect with was in fact that she had to give her son, that was her Isaac, she had to offer her son this entire situation which was bigger than her, beyond her control, she had to simply offer it up to God and trust God completely with the outcome. Now there are things and events and people in our life that we're called to do the very same thing. Because there are things that come in our lives that are beyond our control. They're greater than we are. We can't control the outcome. And we simply have to trust God with this person, with this situation, or these things. And we have to trust the outcome to God also. If we're trying to control the outcome, we're not offering it to God. You see the connection. And so whether it works out in this life or whether it works out in the, in the age to come, we are trusting God to work it out. Well, let's, let's go over some of these things that we might need to offer up, like Isaac. Things that we are attached to, things that have attached themselves to us, things that we might dearly, dearly love because they, might, they make life work for us. Well, one thing that popped into my mind was a personal failure. Some of us, might, we might need to let go of a personal failure in the past. We might need to say, yep, I made a mistake, I blew it, I've asked God for forgiveness, and it's time for me to be free of it and to move forward in God's grace and forgiveness. So some of us may need to offer up a failure of the past, offer it to God, and let God take it. Some of us need to offer up our long-term illness because this long-term illness is greater than we are. It's something that's going to last. It's not going to go away. It's something that we have to offer up as an offering to God and trust God in the midst of it and trust that God's love and grace will be on the other side of it, whether that's here or in the life of the age to come. Some of us need to offer up letting go of a situation of how we've been hurt and we have clung on to that wound. We've clung on to the person who gave us the wound, but we really need to offer up to God our forgiveness and to let that person and that wound go. We, uh, 
read a book in the men's uh, Bible study that talked about the end of life is such a challenge because we end up becoming bitter at the end of life because we realize that life didn't really go the way that we wanted it to go. We're at the end of our years. We look back over our life and said, you know, things really didn't go the way I wanted them to go, that I had wished that they would go, and we can become bitter. We can become bitter at God. We can become angry at God, and working that out, staying faithful, staying open to God, even being joyful in God is a real challenge. The only way to do that is to offer up our life to God every single day. Well, whether it's your work, maybe it's time to move from where you're working, that would be something we could offer up to God. Maybe it's some of our possessions. I have found that possessions are very difficult to let go of. Even when we know we need to, somehow our possessions possess up us. We may need to offer up some of our possessions. It may be a relationship that is having a negative impact on us. But offering up your Isaac to God with full trust, full trust that God will in fact provide, provide a final outcome that is best for you is what this offering is all about. Well, I mentioned in the Holy Eucharist that our worship takes place as an offering every single Sunday. But I would not want to miss the opportunity on this 4th of July weekend to mention the offerings and the sacrifices of the Founding Fathers who had an idea and a dream of freedom and dignity based on God and no one else and the sacrifices that these founding families made, if you read about them, are quite significant. But in order to live in our baptismal identity, in order to move towards sanctification and eternal life, we indeed are called to offer up our lives to God every single day. But there are special times when we have persons or events our situations that are beyond our control, the best thing we can do is offer them in total trust to God and let God take those so we can move forward with life. Amen.